When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glasser coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review or a thumbs up like V. Garcia. Plus, if you can also like, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Lakerholics.com and the Hoopheads Podcast Network is sincerely appreciated. Well, as Laker Tom and I have said throughout the course of the season, we're on a magic roller coaster ride because each and every day, each and every game that he plays, THT, Taylor Horton Tucker, is right now the quintessential. Roller coaster ride because oh my gosh, the kid at 20 years old, the kid is courageous, the kid is unflinching, the kid is crazy, the kid makes mistakes. But my goodness, he did it in the end as he, in overtime, in a game that was hotly contested, tight defensive battle, came out on top. Just a truly, truly fabulous performance. In so many ways, a lot of turnovers, a lot of action, a lot of aggression. But in the end, he took over in overtime as the Lakers squeaked out a win on the back of a three-pointer with less than 30 seconds left by THT, 101-99 in a game where Anthony Davis looks like that New York really had their eye on stopping him. And he was pretty much... I don't say he was a non-factor, but he struggled throughout the game. Kyle Kuzma, this was an up game for him. We talked about his inconsistency. It's an up game for him. He proved to be somebody that could really compete today with 23 points. Wes Matthews got a late tip-in off of a KCP three-point miss to tie the game on a tip-in, and he played well defensively all game long. Eight points and six rebounds. Doesn't show up really well in the, in the stat lines, but he played well all game long. KCP, 40 minutes. Again, someone who didn't have eight points, seven assists, seven rebounds. Not that great, but played stellar defense as well. 
And they really did a, a decent job on Julius Randle, who looks like he's going to be at least on a third-team All-NBA. Yes, he did get 31 points, but it took him 26 shots to do it. Really, overall, a great game as far as if you're into defense, you're into physicality, you're into all that stuff. It was really a solid game to watch. And here today to talk about the game and maybe the resurgence of Derrick Rose for the New York Knicks. He's a good man indeed. You got to check out what he's doing today at Lakerholics.com. I wish we would have traded for Derrick Rose last year. I think that would have been a nice key acquisition. Well, the offer was Alex Caruso. Yeah, see where that went. It is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. Felix is talking a lot of stuff. V Garcia, still Gerald Pudi, am I? Felix, thank you so much for all the great comments. Albert, we see you out there as well. Thank you for so much for the, all the great comments as well. But Laker Tom. This was a nail biter. And again, a lot was riding on the hopes up and down as it goes for THT. Yeah, you know, uh, Dalen doesn't hesitate to take that shot when he needs to. Yes. Um, he was great and he was great in the, in the uh, overtime period. You know, it's a scary thing when the Lakers have to rely upon Alex Caruso, Taylor Horton Tucker to take care of the ball. Well, Alice Caruso, I did want to mention that he left after seven minutes with right foot soreness, I believe is what was what it was uh, estimated. He almost had five turnovers in the first five minutes of the game. I mean, it was just <laughs> incredible. He yeah. threw two passes that were double bounce passes. They were so terrible in the passes and so forth. Uh, hopefully he'll be well. But, you know, I mean, neither one of them, neither Talon nor Alex are, are really true point guards. You know, they both have the ability to handle the ball a little bit, but neither one has really the kind of handle you want to have for a point guard. Derek Rose does, though. Yes. Um, and they've just found a perfect formula between tough defense and, uh, boy, uh, you know, I, I've always loved Julius Randle. It's a shame we let him go. Um, but but he Knicks, was nowhere the near Knicks, this type of player. Yeah. He was nowhere yeah. near this completed player. No, but you could see the you could see the things that were starting because he had started to shoot some three pointers with the Lakers in his fourth year. Um, he had a good feel for it. He was a good. I think in New shooter. Orleans, in that time yeah. in New Orleans, where he really started to mature and grow. No, but he's a player that you could see was was going to have that capability down the road. The Lakers, you know, the Lakers were just in a position right at that point in time where they just didn't want to commit for him. And, uh, you know, in retrospect, he probably would have been part of the trade for Anthony Davis and we kept him anyway. Yeah. So, you know, um, but I, I'm, I'm happy for, I'm happy for, I'm happy for the Knicks. I'm happy for, uh, for Julius. I think he's playing extremely well. I'm happy for Derek Rose. who's Happy for Spike Lee. You know, I'm more happy for the Lakers that we won yeah. this game, you know. Um, As am I. They, you know, when we fell behind ten points, there, I, I thought that we were cooked. We went in that that spell where we could not get anything. And as the announcer said, this was a defensive match, the number one and the number four defenses in the league. And the Knicks' game plan was to pressure the Lakers without Schroeder and and, uh, and uh, LeBron and and to pressure their ball handlers. And uh, that worked like worked like a charm for them. And uh, uh, it was a tough game. I mean, Randall is Randall continues to impress me how well his shooting of his jump shot off of the off of the bounce is, yeah. because he made that that last three that he made. Anthony Davis played that well, and he had to elevate that ball. 
with more of a normal, more than his normal arc to get it there, and that thing swished. But the Lakers came back, and and Talon hit two clutch threes. You know, it was it was one of those tough games, but it was a game we had to have to win. I just hope Anthony Davis is going to be okay because he really got he really took a lot of physical punishment in this game. They were working on either a quad or or a groin muscle, you know, and and he was limping for a while. So we'll have to see. That's not what you want to have happen going into the into the playoffs. But that's exactly how you guard Anthony Davis. You're yep. physical with him. That's not what he likes. He does not like to go. He likes to face up his man, make his moves, and play a finesse game. Well, it's when sort of difficult when you don't have LeBron and you don't have yeah, uh, and I agree with the game. But, but I'm talking about you can really fo- they can really focus on him the way you can't when yeah. you have two ball handlers in the of game. Of course, and I, I get that, but I'm just saying yeah. if you're defending Anthony Davis, that's what you do. I wanted yeah. to go ahead and mention to you real quick that V. Garcia said he heard Isaiah Thomas and Quinn Cook are offering their services for backup <laughs> point guards for the Lakers. Can you text Palinka and see what he thinks? Uh, I mean, well. <laughs> He's already know, said what he thinks. <laughs> well, that's true. But we are getting a ball handler back for the Lakers most likely tomorrow. It's been announced that it's looking more and more like there's going to be return for LeBron against the Houston Rockets. And it's something that I think that it's going to be a big bonus for the team. We're not sure what Alex Caruso's status is. Uh, I know that Dennis Schroeder is still going to be out of the lineup for at least one or if not two more games, you know, there's still going to be, he's going to play, he's going to play on Saturday. He's, I I know that's, I know that's what Frank was saying, but you never know when you're messing with those health and safety protocols. So it's, it's, yeah, so it's going to be something where we're going to see the full lineup hopefully by the end of the season. But you're right. The Knicks, they play tough. They play they play close. They're not going to be an easy out for anyone in the playoffs. And I remember this goes back to a time where I was uh, interviewing Rafael Barlow, our good friend from NBA Draft Junkies and also the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Please check out his work there each and every week. It's a tremendous podcast on the NBA Draft. And I will say that he and I were talking about where he lives in Texas uh, for a good portion of the year. And he remembers going and checking outside the window and seeing Julius Randall. This was Randall. This was, uh, I guess, during the uh, off season for him because their season had already ended. They didn't make the bubble, but or he remembers him bicycling around and around outside the, you know, the apartment building or condominium building, wherever he was living at. And so you could see he was already working on developing that game even more and, you know, he, he everybody that's been in, in around where he's from in the Texas area had, knows Julius and has, has talked about and whispered how much work he's putting in. And you can see it's clearly clearly paying off after some years where he was like in many ways THT, where you saw the potential, but you saw a lot of ups and downs when it comes to what his career was like at that point in time. You see it finally coming together for him. And I'm happy for him nonetheless. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, this, there were some really good signs in this game for the Lakers um, because it, it almost started to become a replay of the loss that we had earlier in the season to them, where we went cold and, and they went on a streak at the end of the game and, and turned a, you know, a two or three point game into like a 12, 13, 14 point game. Drummond, I thought, made some excellent plays. He had one sensational block. He had a great rebound that he saved which I think turned into THT's first three-pointer. And so he played really well. Wes Matthews, uh, again, is demonstrating how important his veteran presence is on the team. 
Um, his ability to defend, especially larger players, I think really stood out. And and that that clutch rebound that he got was really a game saver to tie the game and send it into overtime. It was really just a defensive battle. And, uh, you know, the Knicks are going to give some people trouble. You're right there, Gerald. I wouldn't want to be one of those teams that's going to have to deal with the Knicks in a seven-game series because the best you can hope for is to walk away, hopefully, with your lineup intact. But you're going to be tired and you're going to be beat up. Because and it's going to be ugly. Game. It's going to be very ugly. Yeah. You might be able to get the best of them. And if they're facing off against a Brooklyn or Milwaukee or even a Philadelphia, most likely they're going to come out on top. But they're not going to come out of it unscathed. Yeah. They're going to come out of it with with a really hard battle. But I know, V, I wanted to go ahead for V and talk to you about off the bench. I mean, we saw some great play from THT off the bench as far as, yes, some spectacular turnovers on the bad side, but obviously some spectacular play with 13 points and 10 assists. The way he played in overtime really was awesome to see and see him maturing at that point in time, even though the, still those turnovers are a, are a killer for him. But off the bench, I, I've... Again, you and I have got to go back to some of the things we got to talk about here in complaints about how there's lack of consistency with Gasol, with Harrell, and with Morris. All three of them, as I told V, I mean, they were virtually, they, they gave you virtually nothing today. Yeah. I don't know. It's good in some ways and, and bad in some ways. Uh, I mean, Drummond like was have, your guy like to today. Consistency, but the only way it looks like we're going to have consistency from our role players is hoping that Frank Vogel can pick the right two or three role players each game that are going to be playing Yeah, because uh, nobody seems to be able to consistently go from game to game. Um, now that may change when LeBron gets in there, you know, and the word is that uh, the word is that he's looking in good shape and so forth. And hopefully if Anthony doesn't have any lingering effects of this game, you know, I think we're still locked in at the seventh seed. I was hoping tonight that the, I can't believe that the Warriors pulled it out again. I mean, they they took down the Suns, they took down the Jazz. So there's two opportunities there for the Grizzlies to be the team that we would have to play in the play-in tournament rather than Steph Curry and Draymond Green and the Warriors. Um, but it looks now more and more like it's probably going to be the Warriors against the Lakers in that uh, in the seven-eight play-in game. And the way the Warriors have been playing lately, that's not a gimme. They're definitely, I mean, they just they just took down the number one and two teams in the West. Yep. And, back and, to back. And that was with a struggling Curry in this game. I was watching that yeah, game. He went for 11 and for three. Yeah, he was really struggling uh, from the outside. But uh, we, Anthony Wiggins, <laughs> I know this is a Wiggins like we've never seen before. That was one of the reasons why they, he was drafted number one. And he had 38 tonight. So big win for the Warriors. And the Lakers, a big win for them just to keep enough yep. distance from them and still have that outside chance of, you know, just possibly overtaking the, the Portland Trailblazers for sixth place. But we'll wait and see. Wait and see on that one. I mean, everything has to go right for the Lakers and everything has to go wrong for the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. I, I think the Lakers are in order the Lakers to are in the play in tournament. I don't, see, I don't see Portland blowing it. And what's going to be interesting is that Sunday game, between the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors, yeah. which is the tiebreaker, and will probably determine who the Lakers end up playing. Um, you know, there's one there's one thought that neither one of them wants to be seventh and play the Lakers. But at the same time, if, if you're seventh, I mean, if you're eighth and play the Lakers, 
at least you get two shots, you know. Yeah. If you lose that game, then you go and play the winner of the nine and ten game. Got a crazy finish to the season, Gerald. It's uh, like a season we've seen before. This is a total chaotic season, and it seems to be chaotic in both leagues. Um, there's still a lot of spots up for grabs, and and that could influence, you know, how hard teams play in those games on Saturday and Sunday. Absolutely. Um, and uh, before I touch on to that, because we, we mentioned it on the last show about how they're all playing around the same time. Felix was asking why Trez is in a doghouse. He seems to get some minutes one game. In fact, all these centers seem to get minutes one game and not the next. It's a matter of consistency. But in Trez's case, he can't give you the defense that you need from the five spot. Yeah, I think also it's a – I thought that this was one of Drummond's better games. He was a, he was a terror on the boards. I think he had 17, 18 rebounds. Um, and several clutch rebounds. He scored uh, He scored 16 points, I think. So he, he had an excellent game, and uh, and he played a lot of minutes there. Uh, they basically were shutting down Gasol, not letting him have that outside shot. They weren't sagging off of him. So he was doing his job and pulling somebody out of there. But I also thought that, you know, they're, they're still trying to – they still spent a good portion of the second quarter trying to – prove that Gasol and Harrell could play together. And I'm sure that if we had a whole season to go through and a whole training camp and regular practices and so forth, that Frank Bogle could make that be a successful matching, a successful pairing with, with Trez playing the four, which is really not his position. Um, but it didn't work today. I mean, and it was one of the reasons why we sort of slumped in that second quarter and ended up losing the lead at halftime. Um, and it's just because it's it's very hard to pay two bigs in there, uh, especially because the first thing the other team is going to do is go small on you. And that's basically what happened to us in that situation. So it's Harold's the, the problem with Harold is that you've got you got three got you got three centers who basically can't play any other position but center in Drummond, Harold and and uh, Gasol. And then they they average 70, 70 minutes a, a, a game. <laughs> well, we've only got 48 minutes to give. And if you want Anthony Davis in the playoffs to play some of those times, it's obvious that it doesn't make any sense to play all three centers all the time. Frank is trying to do that because he feels that there will be matchups where he can play one guy in this series or play these two in this series and play a different two centers in the next series to go with Davis. And I still think that there's an effort by the Lakers to try to put a round peg into a square hole and and not have Anthony Davis play center for the obvious reason that he doesn't like to play center. But the simple fact is we won the championship last year with him playing center close to 50% of the time. Now, let me ask you this. I mean, as was pointed out by V, Andre Drummond did have a really solid game, 16 points, 18 rebounds, came in, gave you the rebounding effort, and did a solid job defensively, mm-hmm. being a, a body inside, a lot of offensive rebounds for him. You know, it's something really – I mean, this is the kind of Drummond that I would like to see. I don't need 25, 30-point Andre Drummond. I just need a solid effort on both ends of the floor, and I think we got that today. Two block shots, three assists. He, I mean, this is the kind of Andre Drummond we need every game. Yeah, I think so. And it it's it's what you hope you can get out of him. I think what was really 
encouraging besides the numbers that he put up was who he put them up against. Because in the past, when he's failed and he's had these games with two or three points or four points, and, and he's always rebounded well. But when he has only three or four or five points, it really hurts the team. And those games always seem to come against either teams that, like the Knicks, play great defense or teams that have a shot blocker, a uh, rim protector like, uh, like the Jazz with Rudy Gobert. Well, tonight he played against a team that was playing really tough defense and in, in, in the number four defensive team in the league in the Knicks. And I thought Andre had an excellent game. So it's still going to work out that it's going to be a combination of, in most playoffs, it's going to be a combination of Drummond and Gasol who are going to play center. And Harrell is going to be the odd man out. Um, I'm sure Frank will look for situations. Um, I'm hoping when we get in the playoffs that we don't play the two bigs together, that we don't try to, you know, create something out of nothing when you when you really haven't had time to work on that. And it's a, it's something that affects the entire team. It's not it's not just those two players learning to play with each other. It's the other three guys learning to play with them. So we'll see what happens, you know. I'm sure that there will be situations they'll look to try to keep Trez getting some minutes in some game. And there may be situations where Gasol actually starts and becomes more important, especially against teams like the Jazz, where you've got to pull, you know, Gobert out of the out of the paint and and in order to open up lanes for LeBron and AD to attack. To attack. Um, it was a little disappointing. I, I thought that that AD lost his shot in the second half. I don't know if he really made him. I can't remember making a basket in the second half. I think um, he did. I believe he did. But yeah, he struggled. I mean, but again, his jumper was not hitting in the second yeah. half, and that was the big difference from the last few games. Yeah. Um, and I'm, and that's probably attributed to the physicality that he was put on him by the by the Knicks defense. You know, that's yeah. actually, actually why you why you bash a guy around and batter him around that way so that when the game comes down at the end, he's not, the jump shooters lose their legs, you know? Um, and that, you definitely could see that with, with AD tonight. Um, but it was a tough game and they play a tough defense and then they've got a series of big men that, that really put a lot of pressure on, on, on him. And, and it's hard when you don't have a true point guard on the team to get the ball to him. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Well, I will say this, as I'm seeing in the comments now, but both Felix, V, and also I want to give a big shout out as well to everybody else that's been watching, Albert, and thank you so much. 
We're having a discussion over Jared Dudley and his potential impact if he could, but unfortunately his knee injury will He'll actually be ready keep... for the playoffs, he says. Oh uh, yeah. Well, that's so great. That's so wonderful. Your best 15th man in the NBA, but I don't think V you were here for our major arguments that Laker Tom and I, Laker Tom and I are actually a little mellow <laughs> for what it was in our major discussions. In fact, there was a one point, I think Laker Tom either threw the headphone or slammed the headphone down at me because we had such a major argument over Jared Dudley. So lack of I, appreciation for what Dudley brings. I don't want to go into it right now. We were on good terms. Let's stay that way. Let's stay that way indeed. But once again, the Lakers did win 101-99, to uh, Jared Dudley, indeed. Go back to writing books. But I will say this, you know, with the Lakers tomorrow, I hope it's not a trap game, as Admiral Akbar would say it's a trap, it's a trap. But I know Houston's in that full tank mode. I right. mean, you know, I, I don't even know who will represent the G league. I'm excuse me, Houston tomorrow, as far as who's going to be available, because they've got seemingly guys that pick up off the street. That's going to score 20 points a game for them right now. And that's where they want. Cause they're seriously, it's not, be, it's not going to be a trap game, even though we're hanging the banner. Yeah. Seriously trying. Well, well, you know what happens when you get rings and we always, it always goes to our head when we collect rings and it's always niffy time, but it's, hopefully going to be a great time for us because maybe well, AD they, chose the get, right, they chose the right game to hang the banner at the end. Yes, me. they did. But AD <laughs> maybe can get cut back a little bit on AD's minutes because it's a back-to-back bring right. LeBron in, let him get a nice workout in there. Uh, hopefully you'll get a two games back-to-back in a row from Kuzma. I don't know. That's a lot to ask THT. Now that the, the ball handling doesn't have to be so predominant with him Maybe we can see a little bit more under control tomorrow. I, I really would look look forward to that. Uh, v Garcia. V, you stop that now. He, he said Lakers should start Jared Dudley and McKinney. McKinney, I like as a, a good kid, tries hard, but, you know, come on. Come on. I know you're, no, you're uh, kidding there, but Houston should be a game that we're, we take tomorrow. So let's, let's yeah. put this aside. LeBron comes back. He we looks should win out. We should win out the rest of the year. We should. That's what I was going to ask yeah, you. The rest I mean, of the regular season should this be was supposed to be our toughest game for the rest yeah. of the season. So yep. your thoughts on, mm-hmm. on how we should finish out the season. You said we should go all the way. I mean, there should not be an excuse why the Lakers can't finish out the season for no. No. And I think that I think what we really want to see too are, are some dominating performances with LeBron and AD back. I'd like to see them both resting in the fourth quarter of the next three games. And I'd like to see us get our rhythm back. Um, we get LeBron back tomorrow, Saturday. Hopefully, we get Dennis back. Hopefully, AC is okay. If he needs another day or two to rest, I think that's you just got to rest him. And then we get the league's best fifteenth player back for the playoffs. Oh, V, what did you start, V? What did you start? Ask LeBron James who's the best 15th man on the roster in the it NBA. It was Christian Wood last year before he uh, really turned oh, on. Oh, Christian Wood. Come on, man. Christian Wood was like the fourth best player on that team right from the start. No. I remember Detroit, he was the last person that got on there. He was the last person that got on that team. So technically at one time he was 15. <laughs> yeah, but that's different. You're forgetting, <laughs> you're forgetting what the real value of a 15th man is. First off, he's not going to play very often. 
And so it's somebody who's part of the chemistry of the team. And, then, and that's an important role for somebody to play. And uh, it's acknowledged by LeBron James, by Frank Vogel, by Rob Belinka, by almost everybody except in the world except for Gerald Glassford. Uh, actually, as well, I think that was also Jamie Sweet. And when Sean Grice was here, we would all make jokes on it. I, it, it is what it is. He's a guy for the locker room. He's not a guy for out there on the court. He, you know, he can't give you much anymore on that. He's a guy to go ahead and be a personality in the locker room, to mentor the younger talent, to go ahead and be that glue guy in the locker room. He does a lot of things that off camera, off the court, that we don't see that brings a lot to the team. And that's why he's so appreciated by LeBron, AD, and everybody else. Is that a good way to assess it? Probably better than almost anybody else in that same position on any other team. So if that's the case, he is one of the best 15th men on the team. Just don't yes, ask him. Just do not ask him to give you any minutes on the court. No, but he's the guy that you can put in for three or four minutes in case somebody gets injured or somebody is in foul trouble or in a veteran situation because one thing he can do still is shoot the ball. I do want to go ahead and mention Felix just uh, dropped a Mamba mentality that going forward that they should have and that let's go, let's do this right now. Remember, it's kind of a weird situation because last year the Lakers were struggling all the way into their first playoff game when they lost, if you remember, to Portland before they really kicked into gear. I want to go ahead and mention, though, a big shout out this weekend to Kobe Bryant uh, and his family. Uh, you know, the family of Kobe Bryant will be celebrating his career and the legacy and Lakers fans all over the world because he will be finally inducted into the Hall of Fame. So I wanted to go ahead and make mention that. I don't want to get that passed by. That's something that I know in the last weekend of the season and everybody's going to be pointing towards the, the playoff races and the play-in races and all that, that we do not forget that some great players of the Hall of Fame are going to be inducted, including the late Kobe Bryant. So please, if you can, go ahead and check that out either on NBA TV or think ESPN, but at least NBA TV, I know they're going to be providing a lot of coverage for that. So if you're a Lakers fan out there and you really want to go ahead and celebrate the greatness that was Kobe Bryant, please do so this weekend for the Hall of Fame. I also want to mention that Sunday, before I get back to the comments, this Sunday, Adam Silver is trying something new. And I want to hear your thoughts on the circuit time. He's going the route of what they do in European soccer, in the, in the EuroLeague, and with all that, with Manchester United and all that, uh, that they're going as far as for the last day of the year, all the teams, all the games will be played at the same time. Now, mind you, if you've got League Pass, it's going to be a headache for you because you cannot do that much <laughs> flipping all at the same time. But it's an interesting concept because if there's a lot of races that are coming down to the wire, and or tanking that's going to be coming down mm -hmm. to the wire nobody will really have a great idea unless they're checking their phones or the scoreboard so i want to hear your thoughts on this novel concept again like the play-in tournament that has had in fact actually i don't say it's novel because he gets a lot of his influence from the european soccer leagues i want to hear your thoughts on this concept of sunday being played where all the games are being played at the same time I think it's kind of interesting experiment. And, and and it looks like there's going to be several, I mean, there's still probably going to be several seating situations that aren't going to be determined until that happens. 
you know, and, and the one thing it does is it keeps everybody honest. You can't be scoreboard watching, you know, when everybody's playing at the same time. You really basically got to concentrate on taking care of your own business and and hoping that that's all that's all you have to do in order to get the seed that you want. I'm disappointed because it's I'd like to watch the Warriors and Grizzlies game, but I also want to watch the Lakers game. So, you know, I, I, I may I may have my laptop out and watch one game on my laptop and the other game on my television. And then I've also got your phone, so you can do three. Oh, three. Yeah, you could do three of them if you want. But you'll still, you, you won't have all the games, even that. That's well, NBA game. TV also has a channel where you can look at four games at once. Well, that's not even enough. You know what, <laughs> Thanker Tom, go down to your local Best Buy. And Buy five go, more TVs. Yeah, and, there uh, you go. Just to cover your bases. Now, mind you, there's a return fee if you return them the next mm-hmm. day. They're they're going to have. Well, to you can also them. you could also just dedicate the entire day to basketball. Tape and record all of the games at the same time, and then just watch them in sequence. That's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. I or mean, our, could... our podcast would probably be very late. Yeah. <laughs> well, or you could cheat and just go to YouTube and get the quarter by quarter because that comes up right after each quarter. Somebody actually always somebody always downloads it. So that's why well, wasn't there a point in time when they had a sort of like a reader's digest version of of maybe it was baseball where you you basically saw the whole game except they compressed it down into at high speed with no commercials and no breaks the ball was maybe i think it was football the ball was snapped and then as soon as that play was over there was another snap and you know you just really if you couldn't watch the whole game you could just watch the replay the the condensed version and that's why we now have YouTube because it does all that and more. Yeah. But once again, it is. But once again, it is the Lakers, one hundred one to ninety nine in overtime, a nail biter, a defensive struggle, and big shout out to the Knicks because they're having a resurging year. I am so happy for Knicks fans. I'm not a Knicks fan per se. I've never really liked or disliked the Knicks in any real way. But I know the Knicks fans have been long suffering, and they're very diehard, just like here in LA, just like the lot. Uh, you know, the Lakers fans that are out there, just like the Lakers fans. So I am really happy for them that they're finally seeing the fruits of their labor and that they're going to the playoffs, going in strong, going in competitive, and they're going to have a chance to make some noise in the Eastern Conference playoffs. So I'm happy for them. Spike Lee, every Knicks fan that's out there, we're happy for you because you know what? Like for us last year, when you have so many years of losing, back to back to back it gets rough it's rough and then you get back to that type of mentality where you know what we have a real chance so laker tom if you could give any advice out there to knicks fans of what we went through last year now mind you we actually achieved the ultimate success as fans and our team went from years of futility to a world championship I don't think that's going to be the case for knicks fans but if you could give them any kind of advice going forward what would that be Pray for Willis Reed. Well, <laughs> <laughs> limping out of the locker room. I don't find the uh, the example as as being pertinent that you know the Knicks have been in such a horrible situation, primarily because of terrible ownership, and but they still frankly, have it. Frankly, like the Clippers before they were bought by uh, Microsoft, like the Clippers, they basically deserved everything they got. Because their owner was terrible, they made horrible decisions on everything from 
who was going to be the general manager, who was going to be the coach, and who they were going to draft. Yeah. I mean, it was every year you would see Knicks fans crowding, you know, crowding on draft day and and booing the decisions made by their front office. Yeah. So they finally went in and they finally got somebody, you know, to who could really run the franchise. They really stood off and allowed him to make the choices. And they made some controversial picks. They made some controversial moves, bringing in Thibs, you know, um, who basically, I didn't think he was going to get another shot after his last situation. Um, and the Knicks, you know, I mean, after the whole debacle with uh, with Phil Jackson and and all of the various other things that they've tried, they got a lot of things right. So, you know, I, I think that the big question they have now is, has have they turned the image of the franchise around enough so that it will be something other than money that it'll be a, a chance at a championship or a feeling of going into a winning organization rather than just guys who are willing to take a bad contract or going willing to join a bad team just for the contract and for the money and i think that, i think the way that that julius has been playing the way that derrick rose has been playing um They've got a lot of money this summer and they're likely they're, they're looking at point guards and obviously they are going to be looking at Kyle Lowry. They're looking at, uh, at Dennis Schroeder and they're also looking at Lonzo ball and yeah. they're probably going to have their pick of which of those three that they want to have at this point in time. So, you know, I, I'm happy for the Knicks. I think it's, it's always important. Just like the Lakers, you've got the two biggest markets and you want to have the teams from those markets be successful because that gets you the highest ratings and it gets you the most interest. The problem that the Knicks still have is they don't have a superstar. Julius is, he's not going to be in the same range as, as LeBron or AD or Paul George or somebody like that. I mean, he might, you know, if he continues to grow as he's playing, um, he might approach that in a couple of years, but they're going to need to get somebody big, some really big names to land there. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they how they move forward. It'll be interesting to see how Tibbs works in his second and third years there, yeah. and and how the how the heavy minutes for the starters uh, that have been part of the downfall and the reason that he's failed in his previous stops, whether that's going to become an issue again. They've One got a good they've got a good general manager and and running Leon Rose running the the organization now. He's president. So. He's president. And actually, I wanted to ask you exactly that. He's president because uh, Scott Mills is still GM and Dolan's still the owner. But since Leon Rose, who is most famous for being an agent, came on from CAA. And you notice Rob Palenka, he's an agent who became the guy in charge for the Lakers. And, you know, in Golden State, that really set the president because the guy in charge there was also an agent. Do you think this is going to be a precedent going forward and that a lot of these teams are going to start looking for not necessarily the top eight? Well, actually, they could be looking at the top agents. They could be looking at the top player representatives because, you know, that type of camaraderie, that type of relationships that are already there with the players, that could be invaluable because they also have to do their research on which players are good, which players are not. They look, they have people that also drop the same analytics that these teams do for all these agencies. Yep. They go and they have and to recruit spend, them. They have to recruit yeah. and sign players. Yeah. Which so is they get like they, free agency. So they put in the same kind yep. of money and investment yep. that these teams do. 
So do you see this to be more of a trend that is going to be followed by other clubs in the future? I think it just depends on the personalities of the agents. You know, I mean, we heard all sorts of negative things about Rob Palenka. You know, other other general managers aren't going to deal with this guy because he's always been in a in a uh, competitive situation with them. It's about building a company. I think in both cases, in Palenka's case, in Leon Rose's case, in the guy from Golden State, these were all guys who were the creme de la creme of the agents. They were the guys who built up strong agency families, recruited top elite stars, got them big contracts, and really created superstars in a sense, which is the same thing you want to do on a team. So, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be a situation where you're going to see half of the NBA, for example, have previous player agents as, as their general managers or, or presidents or vice presidents of basketball operations. But I do think it's a, I do think that we've seen some examples and, and some of the others, there's probably another three or four top agents out there who have shown that they can recruit and choose and pick elite stars, develop them, get them contracts, and and then build an organization where uh, these things, these uh, it's like clutch. You look at look at the, look what Rich Paul has done with clutch, yeah. and the players on clutch. All of those people who are clients of clutch basically are like a family. They do a lot of things together. They do a lot of bonding a lot of team building effort that they put into it to try to get everybody to understand it so that they can share their experiences and, and actually become a second family, just the same way as you are with the team. And it's just another difference of the new NBA, if you will, versus the old NBA where, where players wouldn't even talk to the opposing team as they leave the field. You know, no, there was none of this hugging people at the end of the game and so forth that you see happening in today's game where it's everybody is friends with everybody. I do think that there is no more negativity to the idea of taking an elite player agent and putting him in charge of your personnel and, and of your basketball team as an organization. Uh, I think we've proven already that, that that's a pretty good path. And the skill sets, the skill sets and talents that you need to be an elite agent an elite player agent in the NBA are pretty similar to what do you need to do in order to be a president of basketball operations. One quick question, and then we'll get to what you're working on with Lakerholics.com. Adding on to that, Rich Paul, who you mentioned, obviously the man behind Clutch Sports has LeBron. And yes, Team Lakers is Team Clutch in many ways. But I wanted to ask you this. Rich Paul, as LeBron starts to see the twilight of his career, whenever that happens in 10, 15 years, because he is a cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> but realistically, in three, five years, what have you. Could you see Rich Paul taking over a franchise, taking control as far as is concerned in a present role? You know, I don't think so. I don't think Rich's direction is toward that. I think his direction is toward expanding what he views and I've read several big articles on him over the last year. Um, he's interested in expanding what he can do for his clients. In other words, he wants to be in the, he wants to, he wants to be more than just the player agent who negotiated the contract for these guys. In other words, he wants to be part of the decisions on everything that they do from where are they going to invest their money? 
What other areas do they want to do when they're done with their playing career? Whether it's broadcasting, whether it's uh, whether it's becoming an entrepreneur like Magic, or whether it's maybe becoming an owner of the sports team. Um, so I think Rich Paul is, would not be somebody. I mean, he's pretty well made in partnership with Rob Palenka and the Lakers at this point in time, and I see that moving forward, and I see that as being something that that has been built brick by brick, and they keep adding bricks, Jalen Horton Tucker being the latest brick. Montrez Harrell's a clutch. I mean, there's like eight Laker players at one point that we were all clutch clients. But I think, the, I think what we're going to see, because you opened the door to an interesting thing, which is what my last article in, in Lakerholics.com and on Medium was about, which is Anthony Davis taking over as the face of the franchise at some point in time. And LeBron James... LeBron James wants to do that. He's one of part of his recruiting campaign with Anthony Davis is you come to LA, you play with me, and then it'll become your team. And LeBron has basically done everything he can, even subjugating his own offense in order to, to help Anthony develop his game and so forth. I think that what we're going to see in these playoffs that are coming up because I think we're going to see LeBron take even more of a step back and more of a step forward with trying to push Anthony Davis into the spot of being the Lakers' best player and the team leader. And I think that's part of what he sees as a path forward. I think it's part of what he and Rich Paul, Rob Palinka, and Anthony Davis have talked about, whether it's giving him his his jersey number, letting him wear number 23 next year, or whether it's uh, making sure that we come down and we give him 30 touches a game. I think we're going to see a change in the fact that LeBron is going to take a secondary position, if not this year, next year. And Anthony Davis is going to become the face of the franchise. And LeBron will become more of the facilitator, less of the scorer. Um, you know, in the last playoffs, I looked at the stats for the NBA playoffs last year, the finals, uh, looking at what what won LeBron Finals MVP, and and he he basically he basically outscored. He was averaging 20, 28, 29 points to Anthony's twenty five points. He was the MVP of the finals. I'm predicting this year that it's going to be Anthony Davis who's going to be MVP of the NBA Finals. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options.
I just want to mention real quick to V Garcia and everybody out there, the reference to why we call LeBron a cyborg. Actually, all the credit goes to Rafael Barlow during our playoff coverage last year. And he was the one that pointed out just the fact that, you know, his greatness and the fact that he never seems to really age, especially at times where we think he's looking old, think he's looking tired during the course of the season, during the times of the playoffs when he was just giving you performance after performance after performance, that's when it really kicked in. And that's when he made the comment about being a cyborg. I know you mentioned when Gary Neal in San Antonio 2013 called LeBron a transformer. I remember that comment. <laughs> with Raphael when he made that comment about LeBron being a, a cyborg, just how consistent, how great he is each and every time out. But yes, we're, we're definitely looking forward to it, but I'm going to tell you right now, Laker Tom, before we head on out and before we talk about what's going on with LakerOlics.com, don't be a hundred percent surprised if Rich Paul ever takes up a position because it's about challenges. I mean, with uh, the president of Golden State with Rob Palenka, and then also as well with Leon Rose, they could have been happy as staying with their respective companies. They could have been negotiating multi-million dollar contracts and getting five or 10% or whatever they get from it and continue to get money or more money and more money. And in fact, they probably would be getting more money now than what they would be during their, in their, you know, what they are in their current positions. But it's about the challenge and it's about the challenge of being able to build a team from the inside. I think was was the reason why that they that they did what they did and do not be surprised if rich paul ever decides to go there especially as the broad gets closer and closer i don't see that but we'll see what happens rich paul's not a follower he's a pioneer he's not going to he's not going to follow somebody else's path he's going to create his own path for what he thinks he can do or maybe owning a, a team. Kind of play, a new kind of player agent who can elevate his client's future, uh, their brand, if you will. I think it's a branding thing for him. He's he's interested. I mean, that's what he sold Anthony Davis on, you know, joining the Lakers. And part of the branding thing was, where is the best place for you to go? And 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 a lot of a lot of the players that seem to go to him now. Uh, first off, it's a, it's it's the ability to pick players who are going to be talented, um, and then to sign them, because everybody's trying to sign these guys. Everybody's telling them, "I can get you a max contract before anybody else can get you a max contract," you know, and so forth. And and I think that Rich has been, he's always had a chip in his shoulder, just simply because he got LeBron as a client, and because he was good friends with LeBron, yeah. um, and so he's always been looked at as you've got to prove yourself beyond you got to prove yourself beyond that. Well, I think that Rich has actually gone out there and done that. Um, and I think that his, his whole approach of branding certain players and helping, helping them develop their, their brand and get some value for that brand and, and have it be something that not only encompasses their career as a basketball player, but also allows them to leverage that after their career is over into becoming a successful participant in, in whatever area they want to be in. And I, I think that that's what's special about him. And I don't see him as following that. I, you know, I have to disagree with you on that. Maybe he would go ahead and buy into a majority share of a team. I don't think he can as a player agent. Well, he would have to relinquish that title, yeah. just like the other three would relinquish that title. But 
I'm not going to say don't don't put it completely out of the realm of possibility. That's all I say. That's all I say. Well, anything is possible, but I I just don't. It's not how I see it, Rich. Okay, okay, Kevin Garnett. Anything is possible, indeed. But once yep. again, the Lakers win one on one to ninety nine in overtime, backed by a great performance in overtime with THT clutch tip in by Wes Matthews and the victory from behind a great slugfest between both these teams defensive game that I think a lot of people who normally see these in this day and age of pace and space and three pointers and scoring which I love so much for the most part every now and then it's nice to get a taste of defensive matchup like this we'll be seeing more of that hopefully in the playoffs it was great to see the Lakers come out on top but once again, it is Lakerholics.com, your place to go for the best in Lakers conversations each and every time out. Be part of the conversation at Lakerholics.com. And before I tell everyone again how to get a hold of us and also what to look forward to for tomorrow, what are you doing at Lakerholics.com? Well, I think I'm I, I think I'm almost ready to be looking at the, and I'm working on an article uh, as to who's going to be our rotation. There's some obvious things that are happening that we're seeing right now. Once is that that Gasol seems to be the second string center now. I think Wes Matthews is probably going to be part of the guard rotation for sure. It'll be interesting to see the guy who seems to be maybe left out at this point could be Markeith Morris, which is a big surprise. Um, and you know, and I think we're still going to see. I still think we're going to see eleven players being involved in in various series. It may only be nine in this series, eight in the next one and 10 in the next one. Um, but there could be a different eight, nine or 10, just depending upon what the matchups are. And I'm also fascinated with the, how the play in tournament is looking and how that is going to affect what, what the real playoffs are going to look like when we find the 16 teams that are going to be in there and who's going to be matched up against who and who's in which brackets right now we're, you know, being in that seventh slot, it gets you out of it gets you out of a couple of teams that I like the idea that we could play against, meaning mainly the Jazz and and who I don't think have the playoff experience to be able to handle a team like the Lakers or the Nuggets, whom I think we match up extremely well against. And I think we also match up against the Suns really well. Who we don't match up with well, I think, is the Clippers. They're the toughest matchup for us just because of the there are two good wings and and a pretty talented deep roster. So it'll be interesting to see what's happening. And I'm looking forward to, as the weekend happens and, and we finish off with that Sunday, 30 teams playing at the same time. That's going to be an interesting situation because, and actually, Gerald, I'm thinking that we ought to do a live show at the end of that, a longer than normal show where we really go over all of the, all of the outcomes of the, of the contests on Sunday, because we'll know exactly then who's going to be in the play-in tournament and so forth. Um, whether we want to do that now or do a separate one before the play-in tournament starts, uh, might be nice to have a long exposed show with the whole crew aboard to be able to discuss all of the implications that hit the Lakers as well as the rest of the teams. Well, either we do it separately or as a post game on right. Sunday, we'll make sure and do that because Everyone out there deserves it. We'll have all the results at the same time. And exactly. Well, we do a playoff preview each and every time out every year. So we've done been part of this so far. So it's been a great time to do that. And our playoff coverage is looming on the horizon. So I'm looking forward to that. 
One last question, V. Garcia. Can you ask him to – oh, actually, okay. V. Garcia wants all the Jared Dudley content he can get from you. So if you can go ahead and send him, I'll get you the link for V. Garcia. But v, Send me the link and I'll send, send yeah. me the link and I'll send him some good stuff. At Laker Tom, at Laker Tom on Twitter. Twitter yeah, send me v, a message, V. Garcia. Yeah, at Laker Tom on Twitter. Send him a message and he'll send you all the Jared Dudley you can handle. You know, he Jared Dudley, he'll probably be on Laker Tom's lineup list. But once again, it is the Lakers coming out on top in overtime, 101 to 99. Just a great performance in the clutch by the team. And tomorrow we get a return of LeBron James. The king is back. The king is back. All and we hang the, the banner. And we hang yes. the banner from 2020. Finally, we hang up and the banner. And get our third win in a row. Yes, over the Houston Rockets. Laker Tom is already calling it right now against a team that's tanking. Let's hope that that's the case. We will be back after the game tomorrow against the Houston Rockets talking about the unveiling of the banner for the Los Angeles Lakers, talking about LeBron's return, and talking about everything that's going on in the NBA as we lead into the play-on tournament and the NBA playoffs. V, been sensational. Also want to give a, another shout-out to Felix, and also as well want to give a big shout-out to Albert as well. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. If you have any questions for us, at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com, at LakerTom, or the best place to go for any Lakers conversation, Lakerholics.com. And don't forget our friends at the Coupeds Podcast Network. They have a ton of of basketball podcasts waiting for you there at the Hoopheads Podcast Network at hoopheadspod.com. Well, once again, 101 to 99 win for the Lakers. We enjoyed it so much. Hopefully, we'll be having the same kind of attitude when LeBron James comes back tomorrow against the Houston Rockets. And we'll be here to talk about it after the game right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.